Tuesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And tonight, uh, we are happy to have a guest with us. We have Amy Young from the Space Station Museum in the San Francisco area. Amy's the operations manager and event coordinator and everything else under the sun at that museum. I know how that is. Uh, Amy, thank you for, for coming on today. Thanks for inviting me. I love this film, and it's great to be able to talk about it. It's, it's, it's always great having you on, Amy. And not only do you have the background in the, the real world of, uh, of space history, but uh, in uh, your other career, you managed to uh, blow things up on big movies. Right. Uh, I, I do <laughs> yes. hold you personally responsible for uh, destroying the Enterprise uh, yeah, with uh, yeah. industrial light and ma- light magic. <laughs> I did. Well, not just me. There were others. Okay. <laughs> it was a team. Yes. It was a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we uh, we have you here at a well. This is a very, um, very it's a it's a very singly centric uh, minute, and it's mostly about uh, flight simulators. I mean, we do start we do start with uh, Marilyn Jim, uh, Marilyn bravely trying to uh, put a good face on. Oh, her husband's going behind the moon again. She, uh, she seems she seems to be uh, very supportive, despite you know <laughs> wanting to scream. And uh, uh, most of this, most of this minute is, is filled up with uh, flight simulators, which uh, is a, such an important part of, uh, of the history of, of aviation, not alone uh, uh, space flight. Uh, but it's, it's such an important part in learning uh, where you can't kill yourself <laughs> and yeah. try, try out things that might otherwise kill yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. We actually, as a, uh, I mean, I remember as an air traffic controller, um, our you know, when I was in school, our training days, we spent hours upon hours in those simulators, um, obviously much different simulators, but um, just getting comfortable, getting, you know, up enough nerve to actually go out and talk to a real airplane. So they would run different scenarios, try to give you failures, emergencies, um, pilots that didn't have the right, you know, uh, transponder code, radio failures, engine failures, anything you could think of. Uh, they tried to throw at you so that when you saw it in the real world, it wasn't a panic moment. It's, oh, we've already seen this. Yeah, yeah. well, you just made me think that um, in the world of film, when you have the special effects, you can run tests, you know, CG tests and sting things like that. And you can run little tests on material and stuff. But there, there is no simulator, you know. I mean, those models are expensive and it takes, you know, man hours and... You just have to get it right. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Amy, the, la- the last time we had you on the on the other show, on the Rocketeer Minute, you had talked about the uh, um, blowing up the uh, dirigible over Griffith Park and how that didn't that, that became kind of an expensive mistake. Yes, on, uh, it had to be done twice. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so, and, you, uh, so, Amy, you actually were one of the people that blew up the dirigible and in the Rocketeer. Is that right? Yeah, I was on the pyro crew. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, and we did that. Um, we filmed that at Hamilton Air Force Base in Novato, California, which is right across the freeway from the museum, actually. That's where we did it in the middle of the night. Yep. And 
and it, 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 if I remember correctly, it came out wrong the first time, and Disney hadn't bothered to pay for a backup. Um, right. Dirigible. They didn't want the insurance on it, and so, yep. What do you know? Oh well, it's <laughs> one, of the, one of those lessons learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you know? There's another uh, one. Yeah. Well. Oh well. These these things happen, but mm-hmm. it's uh, in in this. Uh, the situation we're watching here, um, they didn't really have the electronics to uh, to do CGI, so this was very. Uh, NASA was using practical effects, including a, a rather large uh, model of a of a LEM and a and a big TV camera, um, which bothers me a little bit because the camera that they're using is not chrono- chronologically. Uh, it, it looks like it's a CCD camera, and at the time they didn't have those kind of cameras; they were still using the large Viticon tubes. So it's a little bit uh, not in keeping with the time. Yeah, wonder just, why. Just trying, just trying oh, yeah. to tell the story, maybe to simplify it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to get past my anachronisms here. That's <laughs> I learned something new with you every day, Jim. It's uh, <laughs> I didn't know you knew about cameras. <laughs> yeah, so. it's well, it's I I know lots about things that do me no good. So that's uh, <laughs> just one of the, one of those things. Same here. I once won a trophy for. Uh, uh, guessing all the TV show theme songs from the 80s correctly. I was, oh, God. It's the only trophy I ever won. It's still up on a, a, in a trophy case at my house by itself. So. Thanks, television. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. They said hours of watching MASH wouldn't do me any good. Yeah. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but a beautiful, a beautiful scene here. And if memory serves, this is one of the first... I, I may be wrong, but I think this was one of the first uses of the... Um, now, of course, the name has slipped my head. Uh, the Long Island Museum, the, uh, the that's lunar the Beth module. page, the Beth page Beth one. Page. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I it's... think this is one of the mock-ups that they later reused and rebuilt for um, uh, uh, from the Earth to the Moon. Oh, okay, okay. The uh, uh, was it the Cradle of Aviation Museum? Cradle of Aviation. That's it. There we are. That's it. It, that's would, it would jump yeah. out of. It would... Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was just there. Actually, I I really? was there. Yeah. Well. Just on a personal trip, I have family in Comac and not far, so I was on, you know, I went and I have family in Queens, so I took the Long Island Railroad from Queens ah. out to Comac and went right through Bethpage. So. The route of the dashing commuter, yes. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Cradle of Aviation Museum is, has so much Grumman stuff there. It's, it's an, amazing, uh, an amazing place, and uh, they, you know, fortunately, they're, they're right there at the confluence of... Uh, of so many uh, uh, aerospace and aviation companies, plus uh, movies and things that get shot in the area, so they mm-hmm. they're they're perfectly situated for a lot of these types of movies. And uh, thankfully, um, in making uh, From the Earth to the Moon and Apollo thirteen, it managed to pay for the reconstruction of the last lunar module. Yeah, uh, it's amazing that that museum. It's a great museum. But it's also like minutes away from where Lindbergh took off on his Spirit of St. Louis flight. I mean, it's such a historic area for aviation. I mean, it, uh, the Cradle of Aviation Museum is a perfect name for that museum. You know, yeah. um, you just reminded me, I, when I was listening to the previous minutes, um, there was one of the minutes you were talking about uh, Lindbergh getting a tour at Grumman. And I'm very happy that we're talking about Grumman and the Lamb and Beth Page because somebody very, very near and dear to my heart and to the rest of the museum is our, our most fabulous volunteer, whose name is Don Shields, and he worked on Apollo 11. 
he worked for Grumman and he was what they called consult a consulting pilot so uh, when they didn't have the astronauts which they didn't most of the time these consulting pilots would be the ones uh, running the equipment and checking everything out you mentioned Lindbergh coming for a visit and sending somebody down and gave him a tour well Don was that person oh my gosh no wow. kidding yeah so when I, I got chills when I was listening to you talk about it <laughs> oh wow so, that, that is incredible yeah <laughs> so he told he told me all about it and uh yeah so he gave him a tour so Don was a consulting pilot and as you know there were several lambs um that were used in the program and up through 11 there were some that were used for testing and I think there was one of them that they actually never used for 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 anything I don't know I can't remember why so so in the process of getting ready for Apollo 11 Don was using LEM 2 for you know checking it out practice purposes whatever but then they moved him to LEM 5 which wound up being the one you know for Apollo 11 and he he took that thing all the way all the way to the launch pad he had all access he was the last person in that LEM before they sealed the hatch and it took and it launched wow. and, and and that through LEM 2 yeah through, through all the testing, then he he landed the he landed Lem five on the moon more times than Armstrong he, and, he, and well, yeah, did. you're right. And then yeah. uh, Le, and then uh, Lem two, which he worked on, wound up in the Smithsonian. Yep. And uh, Don is the only person who's ever been inside it. Wow! It's his uh -oh. Lem. It's his. <laughs> <laughs> That is incredible. So and in return, now you've given me chills. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we're very proud. Cool. We're very proud of, of Don and, and so happy to have him. I mean, he just he just happened to retire and, and move into a house in the neighborhood near the museum and walked by the museum. It's, it's in a small sort of shopping center. And he walked by and he goes, there's these the things in the window that look kind of space related. And he's like, that looks odd. What is this? Is it a toy store? No. You know, and then that's, that's how we got him. He came knocking at the wow. door and, you know, so anyway. That's just cool. Yeah. Amy, tell us a little bit more about the background of the of the space muse space station museum. How did it start? Who was involved in, in its creation? And so the the owners of the artifacts, the collections, the photos, everything that's in there, are husband and wife who live in Novato and they you know their their collection hits a lot bigger now, but their collection was kind of outsizing their house, right? They were friends with the plaza owners at the time and they had an empty store space and said hey why don't you do a pop-up and they did and it got a huge response so they just said well you know we have this retail space that's in a corner that it's just really not rentable so why don't you guys just use it and uh, so we've been using it for seven years um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
it's and we've just attracted all sorts of volunteers like Don. Other people have come to us, like I told you about a guy named Mike Antares who worked on the scientific packages for Apollo pro Project, um, and, and other people. We get people walking into the museum pretty much every week saying, I worked on this, or my dad did, or my aunt, or they know somebody, because California was up until 91 when the movie industry ballooned. Uh, aerospace was the biggest um, industry in California. Lots of people around here who worked on various uh, parts of the space program. Yeah, sure, and it, it's uh, your your museum has grown so much that you have an annual festival. <laughs> yeah, so the museum has grown. I mean, we have we have all kinds of things. We got lots of photos that are autographed up to a ninety percent scale lunar module, and um, we also have an exact replica of a rover, a Mercury capsule, half of an Apollo capsule, like you know, like actual size, and we have. All kinds of stuff. We have space shuttle tire. We have we have Russian and Soviet stuff too. We don't just we tell the whole story. So you know, people come in and we walk them through. And we also like people to to touch stuff. So many things you can't touch. There's some things we don't allow people to touch. But we have we have sleeves from an Orlon suit um, that have been in space that we let people try on. We let wow. people touch touch meteorites sit in a um, Soyuz uh, seat, which it, which in the U.S. program we call them couches. They call them Kosbyak seats. Hmm. I don't, you know, they always like to name things over there yeah. in Russia. And, um, you know, there's a panel. There's a Soyuz panel we let people play with. Um, yeah, so, and we rotate things around, and uh, we do other events. We have scientist talks. We do Skypes with astronauts or... People like and like we had um, we had a Skype with two engineers from the ESA in the Netherlands a year ago. Wow. <laughs> that was fun. We had a really cool Mars Day event this year with, um, if you know Pascal Lee, he's kind of a superstar in the Mars world, and he was he was there with us. And the festival. So the festival is August fifth. We get thousands of people that show up now. It's free. This year we have six astronauts and uh, NASA engineer who worked on Hubble and training astronauts. We also have a famous astronomer, a couple of other scientists coming, and wow. and, and stormtroopers. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the 501st is going to be there. And stormtroopers <laughs> and R2D2. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's a little That's bit of everything. Kids yeah. love it. I yes, mean, they adults, do. Everybody just, you know, yeah, yeah you, yeah, you can't say no to a stormtrooper. Come on. Yeah, so it, we uh, we we get you know we just have all kinds of things, and and the museum is free, and we just really love to pass on the education. It's it's amazing how many people don't know, or think that there's nothing going on in space. And they go, oh well, when NASA quit working, <laughs> somewhat years ago, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, NASA is still working, you know. So, have you seen these pictures of Pluto? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, wow. it's it's um and it's great to see kids' um, faces light up and you know try to 
pass out stickers and anything that will get them engaged. Um, yeah. It's really important. It's amazing how engaged or how excited they get when you give them a NASA sticker. Oh, <laughs> yes. We have stacks of them. And people, seriously, they lose their minds getting a NASA sticker. It's, it's, I just saw it uh, yesterday. Somebody, we handed somebody one, and they were like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that Plaza decided to go with a space station museum instead of, like, another nail salon. Yeah. So <laughs> that really worked out well. Now, did, well, does your museum have like a Facebook page or website yes. or we can go to for some info? Yeah, the Facebook page is uh, the Space Station Museum. And um, most of our posting goes on there because we do pictures and stories. But we also have a, um, a Twitter, at uh, TSS Museum. And then I know we have Instagram, and I believe it's also the Space Station Museum. Just haven't, don't use it as much. Um, but we are on social media, and um, we try to post some fun stuff, history things, current events, and then, of course, right now we're we're post putting up posts about the different VIPs who are going to be coming to visit, and uh, such. We have it, we've got a really good lineup this year. We have Al Warden, of course. Um, He's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we have Hoot Gibson. And Ray Sedden, she was one of the oh, first cool. women uh, in the U.S. space program. We have uh, Greg Box Johnson, who was the um, last person to pilot the Endeavor on the last Endeavor mission. I saw him go up in that one. Yeah, That's good awesome. for you. Oh. And then uh, we have Dan Birch, who uh, was also one of the early ISS mission people to also... Uh, train on the Soyuz and then uh, Steve Smith uh, who is a mission specialist also and you know and then like I said we have some engineers and scientists too <laughs> well quite a lineup and that's uh, aug- that uh, is it's in August August 5th. 18th 5th. August, August 5th. 5th okay August 5th of 2018 if you're listening to this before August 5th 2018 yes. okay. um, <laughs> Uh, but, well, that, that's great. Well, let's uh, let's pick up this conversation a little bit more tomorrow. We'll talk some more about uh, flight simulators and uh, and models and spaceships and uh, you know and this movie that we're, we're watching. But we'll uh, we'll pick this up some more, uh, Amy, if you can join us. Yes. Uh, for folks looking at looking at listening to uh, previous episodes of our our little show here, you can find it always at uh, Apollo Thirteen Minute dot com. Uh, join us uh, for a conversation on Facebook at the Apollo Thirteen Minute Mission Control. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter, Apollo 13 Minute, and uh, look for us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are sold or given away. Uh, but we'll pick this up uh, tomorrow uh, as we continue watching uh, uh, poor Gary Sinise trying to plug in his uh, CM to the UN. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a signal, uh, lost a signal in 30 seconds. We'll catch you on the other side here on the Apollo 13 Minute.